Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. You're invited to I Am The Key One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe. Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. Hi, cuties. It's me, Chelsea. I am really sorry, but there is no new episode this week. Donnie and I pride ourselves in our consistency. It's like one of the few things we really bring to the table is that we are producing consistent chaos to you, whether you've asked for it or not. But there were forces beyond our control this week. There's not really a not dramatic way to say this, but a few days ago, Donnie's building caught on fire. Now, luckily, everybody's okay. And besides having a broken down door and poor air quality in his building right now, his apartment is okay too. Normally... I would make a joke about the suspicious timing of this fire, given that we are quite literally right in the middle of Chelchella and also just on the heels of some of my favorite films that Donnie is absolutely going to hate. However, I'm honestly just so relieved that Donnie, Quinn, and their devil cat are safe, that jokes evade me. However, I will be checking in on Tabitha and her doll, Timmy, because we know those bitches from Passions love to start a fire. So thank you for your understanding. We will be back with Garden State and Deep Impact next, hopefully as soon as next week. But in the meantime, in honor of the two-year anniversary of I Am The Cute One, can you believe that we have a toddler? Like, I am the cute one as a toddler now. So cute. Potty training is just around the corner for our podcast and hopefully Donnie too. But please enjoy this She's the Man recap. It was one of our very, very first movie recaps after we rebranded from MKNA. And it's with one of our most favorite guests, Lucy of Lucy on the Ground. This is also the origin story of the infamous Little Bo Peep story. So toot toot, buckle up, motherfuckers, sit back, enjoy. It's really kind of cool to take a little walk down memory lane. We sound like we're recording from inside a baked potato. It's so wild to hear the early episodes because the magic was there. And since then, I mean, for any new listeners, it's wild to think that like we've really honed our craft. But the chaos is there. The magic is there. I was listening to this episode in preparation of re-release just to like, you know, make sure that it was still as funny as I remembered. And I don't know. It's like really cool to listen back. So thank you all for your support. Thank you for your understanding. We absolutely love this community of weirdos that we found. Our goal, ask, believe, receive, and so it is. Our goal this year is to manifest a live show and I appreciate this little army of like a cult following we've cultivated and I just want to say thank you thank you for all of your support right now Donnie is doing okay um but he may not be able to be like as active in his dms checking it so if you want to support us the best freest way is to rate this podcast five stars also, head over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash I am the cute one for bonus content and more. So with that, 
May I present our She's the Man recap with Lucy on the Ground that originally aired in December of 2021. I will talk to you later. Love you like a sister. Cuties, you know I cannot see a movie without pretending I'm in it, and now it's your turn. Have you ever tried to use the force when no one's looking, or thought about what superheroes would win in a fight? Then you'll want to stop what you're doing, (laughs) unless you're driving, and visit Sideshow.com. Your eyes do not deceive you. They have a life-size, impeccably detailed replica of the child from Star Wars The Mandalorian. Now, I don't mean to brag, but Sideshow did send me the child. I call him Baby Yoda. I have since learned that is not his name, but he is my son now, so I will be continuing to call him as such. And we have been playing dress up, having photo shoots, and just having a grand old time. But if that one doesn't speak to you, how about a movie-accurate statue of Christopher Reeve as Superman? They got that too. But just wait until you see the incredibly lifelike figures of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. We are thrilled to have Sideshow sponsoring our podcast today. They offer a wide selection of premium figures, statues, and fine art from the worlds of Star Wars, DC, Marvel, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and so much more. These limited edition, handcrafted, officially licensed collectibles bring pop culture's biggest icons to life in your home. And here is the best part. You can get an exclusive $50 off your first order of $200 or more. It's a great opportunity for new customers to dive into the world of high-quality collectibles. Or you can gift it to that super geek in your life. Perhaps that person in your life that you know would cringe when they hear that I've been letting my daughter sleep with my baby Yoda. And again, that I refuse to stop calling it Baby Yoda. Plus, shopping at Sideshow earns you 5% back in Sideshow rewards, meaning for every $100 spent, you get $5 back in rewards that can be used on future purchases. While geeking out is its own reward, your collection goes farther with Sideshow. So, what are you waiting for? Visit Sideshow.com, promo code CUTEONE, right now, and get ready to let your geek side show. Oh, that's clever. Sideshow. Like Sideshow.com? I get it. Hi, cuties. I'm Chelsea, and I am the cute one. And I'm Donnie, and I am the cute one. But we are joined with the true cute one. We have Lucy from Lucy on the Ground, a pop culture Instagram that tackles Pretty much everything from important rom-coms to reality television and basically everything in between. Hi, Lucy. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me. Oh, my God. Of I'm course. I'm excited. I'm excited. Well, we are covering She's the Man, and I am thrilled. I feel like we are ending this miniseries with a bang. This is the grand finale, and dare I say, like, my favorite of the three movies we've covered. Thank goodness, because I listened to your episode with Laguna Viatch today, and I was a little worried (laughs) that you all were going to trash this classic. Oh, no. Because you all ruined Chad Michael Murray for me, and I was like, (laughs) don't you dare. This is a piece of artistry, in my opinion. It really is. Amanda Bynes is a true treasure. I was kind of heartbroken watching this just because, like, I feel like this episode might be just, like, a straight-up love letter to her. Like, what a talent. The fact that this 
girl, this literal child, had her own sketch comedy show. And then for her to do this film that is meant to be cheesy, but somehow I was like still laughing out loud during it. I'm like, she is a comedy legend. She is a comedic genius and the voice of a generation. And I wish her the best in wherever she is Mm -hmm. in life. But like when she did that Paper Magazine interview a few years ago, like I always think Amanda will return. Me too. too. I'm so hopeful. I'm not a big comic book person, but if there is a multiverse, like, I just want to be able to travel to the world where she's suffering silently and still thriving in entertainment. (laughs) Just for, like, a day. And then we'll come back here where she, like, has her mental health and she's focusing on that Mm -hmm. instead of a career. But, like, just for a day, I do want to see where she's at. I might go to the multiverse where she's not suffering at all (laughs) and thriving, but, you know. Stop it there. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Okay. That, that's also an option. Okay. Yes. But that multiverse comment, like, that will actually get, yeah, I knew my husband was going to turn around, like, <laughs> fanatic. And during the pandemic, like, I had to watch all the Marvel movies, and I do enjoy them. But he probably will now listen to this episode because we've somehow tied it <laughs> oh, to the multiverse. That's genius. Yeah. That's how you plug it, guys. Hashtag yeah. Spider Man because the new Spider Man's coming out. You'll get views that way. This is strategy. Oh my gosh. I'm going to be like, Lucy on the grounds here, and we are talking superheroes. Yes. Lucy, that's brilliant. I think that we should always plan ahead who we cast in the remake and just make it people who are, like, you know, in things now that people would be excited about. Which they both crossed my mind during this. Yeah. Lucy, we need to fully hire you <laughs> yeah, as, like, our, our brand social media manager. manager. My goodness. But you need to dress <laughs> like a man when you do it. I hope you're fine with it. <laughs> So, Donnie, before we make Lucy recap this movie in one minute or less, would you like to give us some background information on this fine film? Yes, and I have some really good stuff. The people involved with making this movie basically formed my whole personality. So you'll see why in one second. So the movie came out in 2006, which (laughs) means I didn't really have a personality in 2006. But (laughs) the movie came out in 2006, and it was actually Channing Tatum's first lead role. He was one of the basketball players in Coach Carter. But like the first time his name was on a poster was this movie. And Amanda Bynes personally fought for him with the producers and he still credits her to this day, saying she helped him launch oh. her, his career. So that is That's very, very sweet. sweet. And it also makes me feel better because, so Lucy, one thing that you should know about me is that I am a monster and I've missed out on like 90% of important pop culture films. So today, when I was texting Donnie as I was watching, I was saying, oh my God, is Channing Tatum low-key like a cutie patootie sweetheart? And I just assumed he was like a big old doofus because of the way he looks because I've just <clears throat> maybe never seen anything else he's ever been in that's fine we'll move wait, on wait, wait. never seen anything else he's been in <laughs> magic mike step up but i also now feel slightly better because i did i'm gonna jump ahead donnie i'm gonna let you take a breath i have seen this movie before because i was like a amanda Bynes super fan but at the time i didn't know who he was because he was new on the scene so re-watching it i was like oh i feel like i'm watching this for the first time because now he's super famous that makes sense i will say i didn't have to question if you watch this movie because as soon as i found out it was about girls playing soccer i was like of course chelsea's hot (laughs) (laughs) i mean i can quote this movie so i've seen it too much when my husband found out i was doing this he was i watched it today again he's like why do you need to like i had it on mute at times and i was like reciting it he was like this is unnecessary 
<laughs> so a little behind the scenes stuff here. It was directed by Andy Fickman, who also directed The Game Plan, starring The Rock, and You Again, starring Kristen Bell, Jamie Lee Curtis, and Betty White. But then he focused his career randomly on Kevin James. And since these movies, he's directed Paul Blart, Mall Cop 2, a Kevin James Netflix special, two seasons of Kevin Can Wait, and the Kevin James sitcom The Crew on Netflix. Did Kevin James witness this (laughs) man, like, hitting something with his car? Like, what has happened? I don't know. It's certainly an odd, like horse to bet your money on in this race. I mean, I wondered how Kevin was getting so many gigs. I guess this is why. (laughs) We can thank Andy, yeah. Also, are you saying that your entire personality is Kevin James, question mark? No, I would. You know what? I was going to find a way to edit it, but I say something every episode like this. I would blow Kevin James, but but no, my personality is not shaped around him. My personality is based around the writers of this movie, who are Mm. Karen McCullough and Kristen Smith. And this duo brought us The House Bunny, Legally Blonde, Ella Enchanted, and 10 Things I Hate About You. Wow. So they were just, yeah, truly doing the Lord's work in the early 2000s. You know what? I think we found a little Christmas miracle here because I have seen all of those movies. So maybe they are my personality, too. So before we jump into this cinematic masterpiece, Lucy, I'm going to ask you to give a recap in one minute or less. Do your thing. Go. Okay, and this was so hard. I practiced because this was so hard for me. And it's a very convoluted film. We have many a plot line happening. So it's hard. This is a movie about Viola Hastings, who loves soccer so much. And she's in high school, which is kind of a plot point I'd like to discuss later on. (laughs) High school soccer player whose school has their soccer program cut unfairly because there's not enough players. So then she decides to try for the boys team. They don't let her. So then new kind of twin switch where she switches places with her brother, who is a spoiled brat, has gotten kicked out of this current school and decides to is going to a new school that happens to be some kind of boarding school. They're rival schools, but they don't all know each other. The students are rivals and have never met or interacted (laughs) except on the soccer field. And Sebastian is skipping town to go to London as a high school student to play with his band. Mm -hmm. Viola takes his spot. She has to, one, get her hairdresser friend to give her a wig and sideburns, which helps. (laughs) And live with Duke Orsino, who is Channing Tatum, a very, very attractive soccer player. And she has to convince these people that she is a guy, which she's not doing a great job of. And she's acting very, very strange. They don't like her. Then she has to do another switcheroo and trick them all into thinking she's cool by sleeping with all of her friends. And they stage another (laughs) cover-up. <laughs> and then they if it wasn't complicated enough her mom really wants her to be a debutante so she has to play Viola and Sebastian <laughs> and switch around there and that's how she kisses Duke in another plot point and we all overlap at the game against the rival teams against her ex-boyfriend and the brother returns they flash the student bodies <laughs> both of them show everything And the last 30 minutes is pretty cheesy of her trying to convince Duke that they're in love and she loves him after two weeks of pretending to be a boy, all because they both like cheese. (laughs) So honestly, I gave maybe too much plot, but it was very confusing. (laughs) And what's crazy to me is this was based on a Shakespeare play. I'm, I'm very curious to see like how, how. 
it came from. Yeah, it was the twelfth night, which yeah. one I'm not familiar with. I should have googled that, but <laughs> instead I went with the twin switcheroo theme, no, which you guys perfect. are carrying through your twin theme here, which is great. <laughs> totally are. planned that. Definitely yeah. meant to do that. <laughs> I think that your practicing paid off because that was an excellent summary, and you really did hit all of the points because this is truly a convoluted, chaotic mess, and I loved every second of it. So let's jump yeah. in. All right. I say let's jump in, and then of course I have a rant to go on, but I do have to address that there was this epidemic in the early aughts that normalized girls playing sports with their hair down. We had Bend It Like Beckham, we had the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, and now we have Vi, who is another girl in desperate need of a ponytail. And as the self-proclaimed sporty twin of our podcast, I just need to stand up and make my voice heard when important issues like this need to be brought to light because justice for the ponytail and hashtag stop normalizing sweaty necks. It, I it doesn't make sense. And I was not sporty. And I meant to put that in my plot points that that drives me insane when she finally takes off her wig and her sideburns. And she's like, that hair is fine, too. You've been playing soccer in a wig. Like, your hair is not supposed to look that good, either. It felt good to uh, get that off my chest. So. I think it's for boys, probably gay boys like me, but straight ones, too. <laughs> I just have a thing for girls with their hair down. So, like, I didn't question it at all. These sports teams are intense. Like, when you get to the and I'm jumping ahead, but, like, at the end, when they're, like, coming out of this <laughs> arena for a high school, like, I, I don't know where we're located, the face paint. That wasn't happening at my high school. No, does face paint happen ever? Face paint should not happen when you're playing. Like, that's just asking for pink eye. That's not hygienic. I do also love that she wants to play for the Carolina Tar Heels, which if you are not big into women's soccer, which, you know, maybe our <laughs> listeners are not. But here's just a fun little tidbit. Carolina is like the best team They are like the pipeline for the women's national team. So I love that she like plays for a high school where clearly like soccer is not even prioritized. And she's like, no, but I want to go to Carolina. (laughs) It's like, cool. I want to go to the moon. (laughs) As you know, the closest I've come to sports knowledge is One Tree Hill and Little Giants. But like, I'm assuming that sports, what are they called? Scouts are not at her school to see this women's team that ends up getting cut. So like, what was her plan of attack here? Well, what was her plan when she was dressed as a boy? Was she going to call up the scouts and be like, hey, I'm the one wearing the Justin Bieber hair? Like, But if that other school, like now that you say that, like I would think they have a pretty good girls soccer team too (laughs) with the funding they've put into this arena. Just go play for the girls. Transfer with your brother. Go live in the dorms. She doesn't care about her friends or her school. Just transfer schools. I am sitting here gobsmacked because, yeah, it was not an all-boys school. No. It was a co-ed institution. Yeah, and here's the thing, too, with that final game. We certainly jumped over everything in the middle, but we'll loop <laughs> we'll back. We'll back. loop back, yeah. They won now that Amanda Bynes is on the team, but she is not a student there. So for them to let her play that, like, the evil school could just say, like, I don't think so. They were too busy being sexist. They weren't <laughs> yeah. thinking about the yeah, fact he that, ripped like, up that yeah, book. You, you literally should not be playing because you're not enrolled in this program. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I love this movie. Yeah. And I was like, they better not shit on my movie. And here I am ripping the plot apart. But like, That just means you love it. Yeah, it does. Like when you watch these things back, like what, 2006, I was maybe a sophomore in high school. So I was waiting to like 
dress in a wig and have some boy discover how amazing I was and then tell him who I was. Like, you know, Cinderella story, put me in a mask and like convince them of my personality story. Every plot point of a teen movie I wanted. Mm -hmm. So that's why I loved it. But now looking back, I am like an adult being like, where are your parents? You're in good company here, Lucy, because both Donnie and I's love language is talking shit. So like the more we talk shit about something, the more that we love it. Yeah, I think that's what's happening here is if I could love this movie more. So the boys coach says that girls can't beat boys and it's as simple as that. So with that, a plan is hatched because we meet the real Sebastian, who is Vi's brother, who is wearing a violent Femmes t-shirt and has a wall full of OAR concert posters, which indicates to the casual Y2K viewer that we are dealing with an artiste (laughs) here. And his band was picked to play in a music festival. So this underage boy is casually traveling to Europe (laughs) for two weeks and will be out of school. So Vi decides to undergo a makeover, go undercover as her brother, and join the boys' soccer team. Because, as her friend says, inside (laughs) every girl, there is a boy. They never mention how he has money to get to Europe, does he? Like, I couldn't even take a bus to get to the mall when I was in high school if I didn't plan it well (laughs) in advance. Maybe I just think because he's such a troublemaker and, like, we see his file, he's been kicked out of the other bougie school to go to this college, like, that has (laughs) dorms, and we just don't address that fact. And if this is your, like, punishment school, God bless you. Like, I would do bad things on purpose to go here. Call up Kathy Hilton. Where did she send Paris? Where did she get Paris kidnapped to in the middle of the night? Oh, God. Too dark. So we do have to talk about this makeover. Is it believable? Would you meet Sebastian, the boy, and think, ah, yes, there's a strapping young gentleman. Definitely not Amanda Bynes in a wig. Well, here's here's my last piece of trivia for this. The producers wanted Jesse McCartney to play Sebastian because they say he has the same facial features as they Amanda, do. but he oh was unavailable. God. And then I think it would they be a do. lot more. They do. Possible. But also the wig of it all <laughs> honestly makes me sad to think about because the quips that Amanda has, especially like the first 75%, the last gets very cheesy and she's on the soccer field and it gets, I have to mute some of it. There's some secondhand mm-hmm. embarrassment. A lot of butt clenching. Yes. The beginning is so, I feel like she must have improvised like some of her lines and her voices and stuff. But she's spoken out about this movie that it made her so sad and self-conscious seeing herself as a boy. And I'm like, you look like Amanda Bynes in a wig. But like, it was her breakout role, I thought. Like, she should have been nominated for more than a teen choice here. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like that part makes me sad to think about that she hated herself in a wig. But no, I didn't believe it. Yeah, and I've been to, like, drag shows where they had girls dress up as men as well. And, like, this was once I was out and openly gay. And, like, seeing some of them really made me question if I made the right, like, decision in coming out of the closet or not. I was like, (laughs) what is happening here? But here, I feel like it just looked silly. So it does break my heart that it upset her so much that she, like, still talked about it in later interviews. Because it's so funny. At the time when I first saw it, I was laughing what I thought with her. Yes. Because 
it seems like she's so in on the joke and she has that comedic timing and the voices and the like mannerisms yeah. and whatever that like voice she's doing <laughs> throughout. Like I was still laughing, but yeah, I had the same experience, Lucia doing a rewatch. I'm like, Oh, now I kind of feel like I'm laughing at her, but I want to be like celebrating her. Cause this is such a good movie. And I just like, I'm obsessed with her. I just want to tell her that, like, I just want her and I'm sure she hears it all the time and she just hates this movie. And I'm like, this is gold. This is one of the most quotable movies too. I think like, I just think she's so good at it. I think it works. I think it works, too. Now, Lucy, when you do quote it as you watch, do you Mm -hmm. do the Amanda Bynes voice? Yes. (gasps) Can we hear it? My favorite scooter. (laughs) (laughs) And when she counts to five and she's like, one, it's not a stupid soccer issue. And you're a jerk. Oh, look at that. And slaps her. She just like, it's the voices. It's Uh. the jokes. I don't think people wrote all of this for her. I think she helped produce it by bringing Channing in. Mm-hmm. I think she gave it the personality. Like, I'm struggling with the casting part that you're going to ask me in a little bit because I don't think we have another next generation Amanda Bynes. I think mm-hmm. it's you, quite frankly, after that little audition you just gave us. <laughs> but now I'm 30. So again, I know we don't care about ages. Well, that but... would take care of any impending lawsuits for the flashing, you know? <laughs> she was of age. I did the math and I was like, how old is she flashing? Because he was older. Yeah. But he looked, I thought they looked, I mean, I didn't know anybody like that in my high school, but I felt like I never questioned Duke Orsino's age. It was no dear Evan Hansen. Oh, no. Don't. Please. I know. No. Speaking of bad wigs. <laughs> now, wait, before we move on, this was quite the scheme that she came up with here. So then it made me think, like, did I ever do anything oh, scheme worthy like that? And yes, yes, I did. So I'll tell you a quick story. Chelsea, I don't know if I've ever told you about the time I broke up an engagement in college. Nope, you sure haven't. <laughs> Okay, so, so um, I was in drama club in college, as everyone is well aware, and th- we were coming up with fundraiser ideas, and this girl, whose fiancé was also in the drama club, this girl came up with a fundraiser idea that she would dress like little Bo Peep, and then everyone else would dress as sheep and hide in different classrooms. So if she barged in your classroom, as you were taking a math test, whatever, dress as little Bo Peep, and she was like, where's my sheep? If there was one in your class, everyone in the class had to pay. I don't know why people would do it. I don't know like what kind of idea this I was. I think that's the ultimate scheme. We haven't even gotten to the impending breakup follow-up question. Were people like like in the classroom hiding so everybody's taking a math test and there's just a sheep yeah. like under the teacher's desk and mm-hmm. has been there hiding <laughs> i don't know <laughs> this was a terrible idea i was on the executive board of this drama club and i was like no we're gonna be taken seriously so when she said that i knew that i needed to end her <laughs> so then i invited her fiance over <laughs> to my house to watch cruel intentions sensible um and then i blew him <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like she ended up being the sheep. I just, I kind of didn't think it was going to go that way, like how you broke this up. And then when you said cruel intentions and you invited him over, I was like, oh, we're going to like yeah. expose this fiance. Like, no, yeah, we went there. So then, so then I did that. And then I texted him a few days later and I was like, hey, I thought about what happened. I don't think we should tell anyone. And then she messaged me from his phone and said, hi, I thought something happened. So I stole his phone. So <gasps> then the next few weeks were very awkward for everyone involved. She called the police on my 20th birthday and told them that she knew there was underage drinking there. Like things took a turn for the 
the worst. How did you just say police and sirens are just like coming? <laughs> no, I think that she's about to barge in and say, where are my sheep? <laughs> and there's been a sheep hiding under your desk for 20 years waiting for this. Uh, so, so that's it. I cannot remember how we got to The biggest scheme I ever did. Oh, okay. Donnie really uh, took some liberties with that transition so that he could tell this tale. <laughs> I am horrified and yet once again reminded that I will never cross you. No. (laughs) Never. As Nicole Richie said in season one of The Simple Life, rule number one, don't fuck with me. (laughs) (laughs) Certainly don't pitch any convoluted charity schemes. My God, she was just trying to raise some money for the drama department. Like what you're hearing? Head to patreon.com slash I am the cute one for more. There you can find uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes. That's patreon.com slash I am the cute one. See you there. Let's move on, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) So we do have to discuss the chaos that is this boy's dormitory. There are people playing sports in the hall. They are blasting music. It is pure insanity. But she does have a shirtless Channing Tatum as a roommate, which is worth the price of admission, in my humble opinion. But this leads me to a question. I would like to hear your worst roommate story, if you have one. I lived in the Outer Banks between my sophomore and junior year of college, and I lived in like a shack. And I'm not using that in a hyperbolic type of way. There was no air conditioning, barely had electricity, barely had running water, but I was like literally just like a 30 second walk from the ocean. So it was like a little tiny commune full of drunk college kids and it was so much fun. But I had a roommate. I lived in this house and then it was in one room. It was me and my two girlfriends and we had slid the bed from the other bedroom into this master bedroom with the three of us, like bed to bed to bed, because originally I was supposed to share a room with this guy named Scooter. Now I am changing this name, Donnie. Take notes. (laughs) (laughs) This man was always shirtless and he had an iguana, a pet iguana that's name was Ralph. This name has not been changed. His iguana's real name (laughs) was Ralph. He used to take Ralph out for a walks on the beach because he said that he needed to be in his natural habitat. I don't think there's any truth to this. This iguana was not on a leash. He would frequently escape his cage and just be like wandering around our hot as hell house. But one of the like weirdest things that he would do is he would pretend to get drunk. So we would all be like across the street at the party house of this little compound and he would wait and he would keep like a handle of Jack Daniels in our freezer that had like one sip left and he would like come once the party had been in full swing and like come over shirtless as always with the handle and be like oh my god i drank this whole handle and i'm so (laughs) drunk and act drunk but like the three of us who lived with him were like no that's the same bottle from every weekend scooter like what's happening we all just like fucking hated his guts and it all culminated when we were partaking in perhaps the devil's lettuce over at the party house one day, just all like hanging out. And I am like going off about Scooter. I'm talking about how much I hate him, how annoying he is, how he pretends to be drunk. And I look directly to my left and he is sitting next to me and there's nothing I can do at that point. So I just said, oh, wow, you're right there. And everybody (laughs) laughed and we moved on. 
Now, later, um, Scooter did shoot and kill someone, so oh! that does not have a happy ending. Oh, you almost acted like you were going to leave that fact out. Like, that was just um, like, now I did just remember. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just felt like I needed to wrap up that story. Yeah, so that was hands down my worst roommate of all time, for many reasons. Yeah, because you survived. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I think you win. My freshman year of college, I lived with a football player. He really tried to, like, torment me and really made me miserable. I wanted to transfer, whatever. We're not going to get into that. This is a comedy podcast. Is but- it? I just told a tale about murder and an iguana, but okay. We're like, thanks, Lucy, for coming on. Now let's unpack some of our deepest traumas. <laughs> Donnie's, like, exposed some girl who's into sheep, and you've got a murderer in your past, like... I lived in a sorority. Might be hell for many, many people, but I was no, probably I'm the shit. of you. I always wanted a teen movie about me where I dressed up as a girl and joined a sorority. Well, it can still happen. <laughs> so Vi is having trouble fitting in, which is probably not helped by her overall stench since <laughs> she is not able to take a shower. But she does eventually win the guys over by showing them that she can, in fact, fit in. And she can also be a womanizing, sexist douchebag. (laughs) I just have to say, the early aughts were a wild time for internalized misogyny because after slapping some girls in the ass and breaking up publicly with her brother's girlfriend, the guys accept her as one of their own. Good times, good times. I mean, I have to say, though, like, I feel like that's how they kind of save the scene is the bitchy girl who's just so mean to the one guy like, hey, pretty lady. And you sound like her. If I close my eyes, yeah. I see you for what you truly are, which is ugly. <laughs> we're done. Like, and again, though, we're in a local. It feels like pizza joint that everyone hits up in this <laughs> town. Mm-hmm. And again, we have never crossed paths. Never. I had never thought about how there is truly no center part of this Venn diagram in this very small town where people know each other. And this all kind of comes to a head at this carnival, which I have to say, there's something about this like classic trope of having to be in two places at once that gives me terrible anxiety. But we have to talk about this kissing booth. Ah. That jawline? Is that what we're going to talk about? Because (laughs) Channing Tatum's jawline in that scene, and then they go at it and then it's a lot of tongue tongue. they do that though at every time they've kissed it seems like i don't know if again it's his jaw and he just has a lot of tongue in there Mm. like it just seems like he's always coming in hot very giraffe like but also the entire like premise of the kissing booth in a covid world is just an absolute nightmare not to mention once again they are high school students She trades out with the girl before her, and she says, beware of the old guy chewing gum. It's not gum. And I was like, what is it then? And why are old men being allowed to kiss underage high school girls apparently repeatedly because we know about the not gum situation? Wow, that's so... Once you started saying it, I was like, she's going to bring up the old man. And I've never (laughs) thought again, even though I said, how are they in high school? I just didn't question that she's going to kiss the 10-year-old boy next, who is very aggressive. I'd like to know where he's at in life right now. (laughs) Back of the line, butt ball. (laughs) It's like so intense just for this kiss. And how can Duke not flirt? (laughs) 
I think that that is actually one of the most believable plot lines because that is pretty people privilege right there that you've never had to develop the ability to hold a conversation because you look like Channing Tatum. You know what I mean? Like you've never mm-hmm. had to like string together a sentence because people see you and they're like, ah, yes, please stick your muscular tongue down my throat. Thank you. But it just makes me confused, I guess, because the casting of this, like when we get to that part, it makes it much easier to cast a Channing Tatum Duke Orsino because it's a very flat character next to Amanda Bynes, who we are like, this girl's funny. She's athletic. She's clever. She's snarky. She likes cheese. Like there's a lot of depth there. I don't know why when she starts like having feelings for Duke outside of the kiss, why? (laughs) What has he said to her that is like so profound? I love that like the profound thing that he told her that told her that he was like a sensitive guy was that he would like to have deep conversations with someone. That's the deep conversation (laughs) is his intention to one day have a deep conversation. Which again, it's high school, but like Amanda Bynes was just so up Uh here. Yeah. And that is not physically the same, but like to loop it back to the beginning of this episode really quick. So many sitcoms are like a hot wife with like so much personality and then like Kevin James or like, or whoever. Famously Donnie's personality twin, Kevin Kevin James. James. (laughs) Yeah. So like, I know Kevin James and Channing Tatum are not the same physically, but at the end of the day, they're both like schlubs, like in this movie, of course, not Magic Mike. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think that's just, I don't know if that's a trope. I don't know if that's real life. But another button and another through line of this podcast is we have already dealt with Chad Michael Murray not recognizing Hillary Duff because of the lace mask. And now we have Duke who does not recognize Vi when it is literally her face. Like she does not have a mask on. She has just taken off the bob and he's like wait do i know you from somewhere i'm like you have been sleeping next to this person for two weeks Duke. get it together man and that's the difference in cinderella story at least chad michael murray like didn't pay attention to this waitress like he was very clearly only a good person with her on the phone and like when he was with his friends he didn't care what this waitress looked like it could have been a robot but this Channing Tatum, like, lived with this boy. It is, it's crazy for him not to know that it's her. It's that voice change. It really throws the whole thing off. And the sideburns. (laughs) And maybe the smell. Like, Viola does it. He's like, ooh. showered. Well, let's talk about the stalking situation in this movie. So we have two people who are hellbent on figuring out this mystery. We have the ex-girlfriend of the real Sebastian. And then we have... The answer to Scooter and his iguana, we have the other stalker and his tarantula. This kid should be on a watch list. He's concerning. He's somebody that might break up an engagement over Bo Peep. You know? <laughs> no, I think he's the murderer in your shit. Like, he's going to kill Olivia even when she gets with the real Sebastian. True, yeah. yeah. But I will say, and maybe it's just because Chelsea compared me to him, I will say, like, he and Monique are the smartest ones in this film. I just can't get over when he sings, like, in the classroom, I see you through your window. <laughs> Red flags, he's just waving them He's for telling people. on himself, literally. <laughs> yes, yeah. again, no parents watching them. The principal is the only parental guidance we've seen. Mm-hmm. And he's not worried about Malcolm stalking Olivia. <laughs> Olivia's not safe. 
<laughs> so the real Sebastian returns early and gets his face painted. No one notices that they have switched back. I guess they are so identical, it's just hard to tell. And the principal announces to the entire school that Sebastian <laughs> is a girl. So naturally, Sebastian needs to prove his manhood by pulling down his pants and flashing his little Sebastian, shout out to my Parks and Rec people out there, to the entire crowd. Disturbing. Like, certainly there could be other ways of proving this. On school property. Yeah. And no one's arrested? This is flashing. Right. This is public exposure. Their parents are rooting them on. They're like, <laughs> <Yeah>. there's our kids. <laughs> like, And then just go play the soccer game. Like, go back. Please finish yeah. that. Yeah. And I do have to say, I know earlier I had an issue with her playing soccer with her hair down. But at this point, we have bigger fish to fry. Because I'm concerned that this woman has been playing a sport without a sports bra this whole <sighs> time. And, like, if that has happened, she can't be helped. It's gone too far. There's no coming back from this. Like, no, that's painful. You're right. I'm trying to think, like, if she, like, you can see a bra, but you, you can't. cannot. Yeah, you cannot because it was the first thing I thought of. And I knew I should have been fixated on how horrifying it is that a presumably, like, 17-year-old girl is just flashing grown adults and the entire student body of a school she does not go to. But I was just focused on the fact I was like, this bitch isn't wearing a bra. The whole back half, again, like it just gets very secondhand embarrassment. Her impassioned speeches just don't have the Amanda flair. I feel like it's very like coach put me in. Like she's just trying to be so intense. And she's like, Duke, I'm in love with you. Like, and it's just like, where is all this coming from? Just play this shitty game. (laughs) And I also, again, famously the sporty twin, but even I have to recognize there could have been about 10 minutes less of actual soccer footage. Donnie, are you about to say you enjoyed it? Yeah, it didn't bother me because I famously tell my husband after every single superhero movie, like that could have been two fights less. But (laughs) this, the soccer footage didn't bother me. I thought the soccer footage was, especially when they got to the game, they were hot. Like when they came out in their face paint and the other team gets there, even though Justin like sucks, his voice drops to a certain octave when they call heads or tails. He's like, I don't even think I can go that low. He says heads in such a deep voice that it's chilling. And Channing has painted (laughs) his jawline in such a way that even accentuates it more. Like, and then there's Viola, like, in the stands, like, trying to get someone's attention. No one sees her pull the brother who has just exposed his niblets, like, to the crowd. (laughs) That's who you'd be watching the whole time. Wait, Lucy, while you're talking about Justin, can you, because I'm sure Chelsea doesn't know, can you talk about the Step Up connection? Yes. So I believe this actor deserves more credit in his repertoire. And I don't think it's much more depth than this. <laughs> but Channing obviously was discovered, as Donnie pointed out, from a Mountain Dew commercial and got into this movie. He then goes on pretty quickly after this to be in the first step up, which Chelsea, I don't know if you've seen <clears> that. <laughs> Add it to the list. Add, Add it, it to, to the, the list. Ooh, okay. Because... Also, that is one of those movies that is just so good because they the actors actually fall in love and that breakup really just like haunts you. Yeah. So anyway, they do Step Up. Step Up 2, an underrated film, features Justin as the main guy who can also dance. And he was really hot in it. Like, I think doesn't put Channing to shame because it's Step Up or Step Up 2. But if you watch Step Up 1, you're going to have to watch Step Up 2 because they have some great chemistry there as well. 
And then he goes on to do absolutely nothing. But the step up connection to this movie, I don't know if any writer or producer or agent was like, oh, we're going to make a step up franchise. Just take these two guys and like they need career boosts. (laughs) But like there's something there that somehow this all got connected. Yeah. And I'm on IMDb right now. I'm not looking further than this, but I think this is curious. (laughs) They were both in Coach Carter as well. Before even she's the man, so like there, I do think they there's definitely a share line. an agent or something there. Yeah. That, <laughs> something, <laughs> but Channing had more. I have to say again, yeah. he was delightful. Like I believed his character of being this like hot idiot who didn't know how to talk to girls, and I believe the douchey ex boyfriend. Like yeah. I thought yeah. everybody played their roles well. I just thought we have some questionable things happening that, like, we just don't address. Mm -hmm. Stalkers and parents (laughs) absent and flashing. Like, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense, but everyone did a good job. I will say, now, I didn't read the original, but I do think because it is coming from Shakespeare, I do wonder if, like, the only way to make it work as a remake was to, like, really make it not work like i wonder if shakespeare's version i'm sure it takes place with a war or whatever i wonder if it like makes complete sense you don't question anything but then when you have to set it in a high school in the soccer world you're like eh, it doesn't really work so let's just let's just throw it and hope nobody notices well i think it's interesting because the writers you said also did 10 things i hate about you which oh, was yeah. first and uh-huh. that's based on Taming of the, of the shrew. shrew. Yeah. Like a lot of things are also based on, which is not Shakespeare, I don't think, Pygmalion, like mm, My Fair yeah. Lady and stuff where they like, you know, revamp the woman, pretty woman. Like, so yeah. I feel like the dipping into much more serious and fancy literature is common. It's almost like now how producers are just like remaking movies. Right. At least they went back to like plays and they're like, no <laughs> one's going to get this, but it's going to sound fancy. <laughs> like the connection is not obvious as it would be for like, we're going to remake West Side Story again. Right. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> and that was such a moment in the aughts of being like, no, but it's fancy Shakespeare. Right. Mm-hmm. But I honestly, the writing, I think, reflects it. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're having these rom-com, these teen movies anymore. Like we've no. got Netflix trying with another yeah. kissing booth, but that wasn't it. I'll say <laughs> it. The last good one was Easy A, and that was based on classics as well. With Amanda. Oh, my God, yes. I will say I liked To All the Boys I Loved Before. That was mm. a cute one. But it wasn't. it's not as like clever writing. Like I feel yeah. like Easy A is like Emma Stone Shines. But I'm fine with like going straight to the streamers now. I just think people need to be writing them. And that's where Mm. you come in. It's the dream, guys. And so it is. So before we do let you go, because we have fully held you captive, (laughs) you've talked about how hard it's going to be to recast Amanda Bynes. And I completely agree. I think she is the only one of her kind. But if you had to recast her, who would we cast in a modern day remake of this movie? I thought about it a lot. I think I took some notes. The guys were, like, much easier to cast. Like, who's a hot guy right now? Because also the age thing, like, at least Amanda Bynes was, like, 19. Mm-hmm. And Channing was 24 or something. I think we want to stay below 25. Try and give them some essence of school. Maybe move this to college, though. Could be yeah. okay. That could fix some things, certainly. That could fix a few things for us. But I feel like my only person was Florence Pugh. Like, I thought, because she's funny. She was in, and if you've been watching the Marvel Universe, like, she was in Scarlet Witch. 
And she was really Black, funny Black in Widow, that. Black Widow. Black Widow, sorry, he's yelling from the other side. <laughs> Another guest appearance. Yeah. Or there's going to have to be, which I don't want to pull TikTok stars, the Addison Ray of it all has scarred me, but <laughs> I feel like there's got to be someone who's like really quick on TikTok that mm-hmm. I just don't know of that's like younger. <gasps> You know who? Average fashion yes, blogger. She would so be funny. great. She She'd be, be great. great. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's a great one. She could do this justice. Yes. Oh my gosh. That is exactly who it should be. Guy wise, I feel like you can take, I know we already cast Noah Centino in uh, Cinderella Story, but I think he could just keep going. Mm-hmm. Just fill some slots for us. I cast him as Justin. I would love that. There's yeah. also the guy you talked about Outer Banks in a totally different <laughs> way. But if you've watched the show, there's some good guys from that cast. Not the main guy who might have his lips done. <laughs> but like there's some cute 20 somethings that I feel like they don't have to have a ton of depth and they could give us more humor. But like the girl is the hardest part. And I think the principal is really funny. Like, we could mm-hmm. do a Stanley Tucci, like, how he does Easy A. Oh, oh I yeah. love that, yeah. I don't know. That's it just, one. I don't know if it can be done. I just don't know if it can be done. I don't think so, but I tried, and I made yes. it Kiki Palmer. Didn't you say her before? What world do you live in that actresses only do one <laughs> job? Okay, okay, okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, but Kiki Palmer has a YouTube show currently where she plays a family, a full family, every single member. So I think that's just her audition video for this. Um, right. But then, as Duke, I casted Mason Gooding, who is Cuba Gooding Jr.'s son. You may know him from Love Victor, Booksmart, The New Scream. He's so hot. There are no nudes of him online. I checked today, but... (laughs) He's hot. He's so hot. So true to form, I (laughs) kind of did this assignment. I started and then I got distracted, but I didn't focus. I was the same way as you, Lucy. I was like, nobody is going to be able to actually like carry this role. So I focused on who would actually be believable to like put a bob on somebody and believe that they are their sibling. So I said Willow and Jaden Smith. Ooh. Oh, that okay. would be believable for me that they could play each other or that yes. Willow could play Jaden. That was a good huh. route to go. Yeah, that's I fun. I don't think either of them have the acting chops for this. No. But. Mm-hmm. but then we could have a cameo from the parents. They could play the parents. We could have Will and Jada. I feel like Will, he's now getting his Golden Globe noms. Not that that's a great thing, but like <laughs> Will's on to King Richard and like waiting for the Oscars. I just think people don't give the rom-coms the respect. Mm -hmm. Again, Amanda would have built off this, and she'd be accepting an Oscar about something. People would be like, the star of She's the Man. Like, it's high on her IMBD. And then this would be like a cult classic in a way that it should deserve to be one. Because then people would be coming back to her original things and being like, oh my god, but wait, this movie was so brilliant, and at the time it wasn't appreciated. But yeah, yeah, so we just got to get to that. Well, pick your poison. Either the alternate universe where she's suffering silently (laughs) like Donnie wants. (laughs) And we just visit for one day or we fix it. Or we fix it and she's successful and wildly happy. But I feel the same way as you, Lucy, of like, I just want her to be happy and healthy and good. And I'm always, always, always rooting for a comeback. She could write. Like, I just think she could write. She could produce. She brought, she saw Channing's potential. She obviously added her one-liners in here, despite the fact that they don't admit that. Like, that is her, like, that brings this to life. Yeah. She wrote her own show. She right. had a better than SNL. Like, yeah. she's doing better yeah. than those writers. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> dancing lobsters? Come on. Right. Judge Judy wishes. So one more thing before we go. We like to ask what aged well and what aged like Blockbuster about this film? For me, the Blockbuster is the kissing booth. That does not hold up in a pandemic type of universe. It didn't really hold up back then, but now just the germs just adds a whole other layer of ick. Yeah, I'm problematic and I'm a cis white male, so I could be wrong. But I think overall it does age pretty well. And mm-hmm. even like the individual misogynistic jokes and like lines, I do think they're heavy, but they are kind of like kind of necessary for what the overall message is going to be. Well, it's also said with like a wink and a nod. And I think that yeah. that again is like the magic of Amanda Bynes is like, you know, that she knows it's ridiculous. So then as mm-hmm. the viewer, as like a woman watching, it's like we're laughing at these terrible guys. We're not like yeah. thinking that they're great. We're being like, wow, what dumbasses! Boys are so stupid. I yeah. would say that like in any other movie, that's probably what jumps out. But I think you're right, Chelsea, that like she does it in a way that's even the scene where she's like trying to be new school, new babe pool. Like she's trying yeah. to act like this huge tool and like she's poking fun at the guys who do this and the fact that this made her cool. Yeah. Right. She's in on it. So I feel like that age is way better than most movies. I feel like because I watched it as a youth, I didn't think much of it, but there is just the nudity of the young <laughs> high school student uh-huh, uh-huh. is concerning and the stalking. Now, do we need that to carry on a rom-com? Maybe. Maybe we did. And so, like, <laughs> does it age? It aged fine. But there's not yeah. much diversity in the cast, I will say. But I feel yeah. like we've already recast for the reboot. And we're showing that, that it's much more so. But that would be the only thing. And yeah. we maybe Eunice. They're really mean to Eunice. There's yeah. a level of bullying that I think's happening there. That's that- not addressed at all. The principal is worried about how Sebastian is perhaps <laughs> yeah. balding under his wig and just overlooking the stalking and bullying of the student body. Well, also, I will say maybe it's because, you know, the kind of person I used to be and maybe am. <laughs> I didn't really notice that they were bullying Eunice. <laughs> well, because Eunice is a little creepy. So, like, we do need to call out some of her tendencies. <laughs> right. like, it's not wrong that they're like, okay. Eunice is a little weird. There's something that's like there's a joke about the girl in headgear. Like they're right. really poking fun at that, but she also needs help with Malcolm. <laughs> yeah. And probably shouldn't be like sitting bedside watching people sleep. You know, <laughs> there's some social skills right. that need to be developed there. I made Eunice. breakfast, darling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just changing my answer. My recast is you, Lucy, playing all of the parts because True. you put on a one a woman show, one woman production, and it was amazing. It's one of those movies that if you watch late, I can see like how people watch these movies and they're like, why was this big? Like, why would you recommend this? But like, it is so quotable. So this quotable. and my big yeah. fat Greek wedding, like the most quotable early aughts movies. So well, good. this was so much fun. Before you go, before we let you free and set you on your way, tell everybody where they can find you, follow you, all the things. Just really one place, Lucy on the ground uh, uh, on Instagram. That's it. I had to think about my email is like Lucy on the ground with rocks, but Instagram was like, that is a mouthful. So (laughs) it is just Lucy on the ground on Instagram and that's it. And that's where I'll be probably talking about these rom-coms. I could talk about this all day. That's why you guys are like, okay, we're going to cut it off. I'm like, are you sure? Have we hit everything? Well, I'm glad that you're still wanting to talk because I saw the fear in your eyes after me and Donnie's back-to-back stories. I saw you being like, 
why am I here right now? So I'm glad that you wanted to talk about the films more. <laughs> I found them fascinating. And those are the scripts we need next. Like there oh. are screenplays hidden in your lives that we do need to expose. So uh, what you're saying is when you become the next Nancy Myers, we'll be consulted for perhaps some life stories and some royalties. I love that. Yeah, no, the sheep and the lizard. (laughs) (laughs) But the children's book, yeah. (laughs) There's a lot there that I would like to analyze much further. Another Uh, time. That's a whole other podcast. That is a whole other podcast. (laughs) Yeah, that'll be our next podcast called I Have Follow-Up Questions, where you just interview us. (laughs) Wait, you need to cut that part out because it's a great idea. Don't let people steal that from you. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being here. And thank you guys for listening. And we will talk to you later. Love Love you like a sister. sister. Thank you for listening to I Am The Cute One, a nostalgia podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. You can follow me at Real Donnywood on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at Ono Chels on Instagram. And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am The Cute One, head to patreon.com slash I Am The Cute One. And go to I Am The Cute One.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. Talk Talk to to you later. later. Love you like like a sister. sister. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.